Well, welcome again, everybody. Good to see you this morning. Welcome to all of you watching online right now, this very moment. Glad that you are with us. Uh, I hope some of those phrases triggered uh, great memories and great lessons for those of you who've been with us over the last 24 weeks. We are concluding 24 weeks in the book of Romans, one of the most robust, theologically rich books in the entire Bible. And uh, it's not just information we're supposed to learn. We're supposed to learn so it impacts the way we live. And so hopefully some of those verses and some of those phrases uh, reminded you of the joy that we have, uh, the new life that we have in Christ, because we've been made right with God through faith in the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I hope that that was encouraging. But we are wrapping up the book of Romans today, and I just want to encourage you before we get started that we're not concluding something. That that's what's so beautiful about the Bible is the living word of God. We're not concluding. Don't think of Romans as a conclusion. Think of it as a catapult to launch us into a whole new way that we live uh, that has impact in our life and really in the lives of others through us. Because when you look at the book of Romans, what you see is you see this incredible divinely inspired writing from God himself downloaded to this man, the apostle Paul, who was called by God. He had a calling in his life. And, and I don't know about you, but every time I've heard that word calling, you know, you hear people say that, oh, God's called me to this or God's called me to that. Or I wonder if the Lord is calling me or I'm not sure what God's call is in my life. Well, what does God's calling feel like? What exactly is God's calling? And the best way I can describe it is, is when God is calling you, when we're called by God, it feels like a gravitational pull in your heart to whatever the Lord is whispering or possibly shouting <laughs> into your heart. And, and, and sometimes that's the decision to, 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 to pay, place your faith in Christ. Sometimes that's to go to a certain place or to have a certain conversation. But, but Paul was called by God. He felt that gravitational pull. I, I remember the first time I recognized that pull, that calling in my life. I was a sixth grader was not raised going to church. Uh, I was invited by a friend to go to this little church. I started going. And one of my first few times there, I heard this guy, Pastor Legan, teaching from the Bible. And he was sharing the gospel. He was sharing the good news of forgiveness of sins for mankind through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And, and I felt that gravitational pull. And at the end of that time, Pastor Legan said, if there's anybody here sensing that they have a need for Christ in their life, I'm calling you to come forward. And I knew I needed to, so I responded. I felt God's call. And, and over the last, you know, 25 years as a, as a Christian, you know, almost 30 years actually as a Christian, acknowledging there's been all these times in my life that God has called, and feeling the call to adopt our children, feeling the call uh, to come to Cleveland, feeling the call to go into full-time ministry. There's just all these times in small, medium, or large ways where you sense God's calling. Now, God called Paul to basically be a missionary, right? A missionary is one who's, who's going to go and bring the message of the good news to those who've never heard it or to those who need it. I didn't know it at the time, but when I responded to God's call in my life to come to faith in Christ, it was also a call to be a missionary, a daily missionary, that wherever I go and whoever I talk to, I'm on standby ready to share the good news of Jesus, that, that Paul was made right with God to help others be made right with God. I acknowledge that me being made right with God through faith in Christ is so I can help others be made right with God through Christ. And you too, 
You've been called. If you are a believer in Christ here today, you've been called by God. And although it might look different than Paul, although it might look different than me or anyone else, God's called you to be a daily missionary. You have been made right with God through your faith in Christ to help others be made right with God. That's ultimately what you signed up for when you chose to follow Jesus. Because we acknowledge that Jesus did not die and Jesus did not rise from the grave to accomplish our dreams. Jesus isn't sitting on the sidelines going, hey, I died on the cross, I rose from the grave, so that whatever makes you happy in life, that will happen for you. No, we we exist to fulfill the dreams of God. And so when we answer to, to this call of God, it's a call to be a missionary. A missionary, one who will go and send a message wherever we go. And so as we wrap up this book of Romans, we're seeing this call, not only in the life of Paul, but in the lives of many others that we're going to see mentioned in a minute. And so I invite you right now to open up your your book, uh, your Bible to the book of Romans. We're going to be in chapter 16. And as you turn there in your Bibles, I hope all of you bring your Bibles. If you don't have one, uh, we have them for free for you as a gift in in the information center. But open your Bibles or fire up your Bible apps. And as we get to Romans 16, and we're talking about this call to be a missionary, and we see it in Paul's life, and we see it in the lives of others who, who respond to Christ, it's really a threefold call. The call to be a missionary is a call to first be in Christ, secondly, to care for others who are in Christ, and thirdly, to reach out to those who don't know Christ. That's what it means to, to, to answer to this call to be a missionary. And let me show you what I mean as we look in Romans 16. And at first glance, and, and if we're going to be honest, for those of us who've studied the Bible, read the Bible, when we come to a chapter in the Bible or a section in the Bible like Romans 16, sometimes we just overlook it. We're like, ah, oh, there's just a bunch of names. We don't need to read this. You know, I don't even know who these people are. Don't know how to pronounce their names. Don't know where they're from. And we, and we just move on. But right, in, right here in this moment, in Romans chapter 16, over 33 names are mentioned. And then there are those whose names aren't mentioned, but they're gathered into this collection. And each name has a story. If you were to click on each of these names, there's a rich story of, of how they've answered the call of God, a call to be a missionary, to live for Christ. And what we're seeing here is this, this closure of this book for Paul as he's greeting everybody. You know, a lot of times when we go somewhere and, and we know someone um, who's on the other end, like if, if my friend's going somewhere, I'll say, hey, go say hi to. And, and that's really what we're about to see, all these greetings and, and salutations and relational interactions were so beautiful. But there's rich things in this chapter that I don't want to miss. And when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to read this whole chapter. There's all these names. And I thought, man, this is really a, another section where we see kind of a, a hall of faith. That all these men and women, like they loved Jesus. And they were in the early church making a difference. And man, how, how much will it honor them? And whatever they sacrificed, and whatever beautiful things took place in their personal story, just to, just to mention their name. And, and honor their dedication as a missionary, if you will, a daily missionary to Christ. So I invite you to join with me, uh, Romans chapter 16. And, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 16 to start here. And so this is, this is Paul wrapping it up here. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church of Syncria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life 
to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who's worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen, and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachys. Greet Apelus, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. And greet my kinsman, Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who's worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. Also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncritus and Phlegon and Hermes and Perobus and Hermas and the brothers who are with them. Greet uh, Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Now we're going to pass out a test on all the names. <laughs> this, is, this is a great exchange between the Apostle Paul and some of those early Christians those early missionaries living their lives for God. And, and, and as we look at them and we sift through there, here's what we can learn about being a daily missionary from, from this section that we're seeing here and from this whole chapter that's closing out the book of Romans. One, we see that a daily missionary is answering the call to be in Christ. To be called as a missionary means to be called in Christ. As you look at those first 16 verses, uh, the phrases in Christ or in the Lord are mentioned over 10 times. Like if you were to go back over there and with a highlighter and highlight all the times in Christ, in the Lord, it's just rich with that. Why? That, that was a common bond for all these people. They were in Christ, which means they had placed their faith for forgiveness of sins, for rightness with God in the work of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, his resurrection, the person of Jesus Christ as God in the flesh. These people were in Christ. Now for us as believers, that's such a good reminder because we need to be in Christ, because we drift. Like we know that we love the Lord. When we make a decision to follow the Lord, we're in Christ, but sometimes we drift. And we start thinking about other things, and all of a sudden we get preoccupied with work, and we start to wrap up our, our sense of value and worth through our work, and all of a sudden we become in work. Or, or, or maybe we're preoccupied with the opinions of other people. Well, what do they think? And, you know, I said this, and I wonder how that went over. And we start to get plagued by the opinions of others. And now we're in others or in opinion. Or, or maybe you're trying to get right with God. You feel bad about things in your life. And so you're like, man, you know, maybe if I go to church more, maybe if I say certain prayers, maybe if I carry a Bible, sleep with the Bible under my pillow, do whatever, you know, maybe, maybe that will give me favor with God. And now you're in religion. Or, or maybe like, man, if, if I just do more good than bad in my life, if I can just make sure that at the end, that if um, all the good things are on one side of the scale, outweigh all the bad things on the other side of the scale, then maybe I'll have favor with God. Maybe I'll prove my love for God. Now we're in works. See, we, we got to get, get away from all that because we're called to be, can you help me? In Christ. Not in works, not in opinion, not in religion. Not in self. A lot of us are in self. What do I want? God, here's my plans. Here's my prayer. Make my plans happen. Now we're in self. And God's called us to be in Christ. As a believer, as a person who's called to be a daily missionary, that we're missionaries cleverly disguised as whatever we are in that moment, we're called to be in Christ, rooted, anchored in that identity as a child of God in Christ. 
So my brothers, my sisters, don't drift from that. The reason some of you aren't effective as a missionary daily where you live, where you work, where you play, whatever it is, is because you've forgotten that you're in Christ. And you know what? It's very likely that you know, someone's watching right now or someone's in this room right now that, that you're not in relationship with God at all. You know, you have so much in common with this list of names because at one point, all the people we just read, they were in a place where they did not know the Lord. They did not have a relationship with Jesus. Any of these people. But somewhere along their you know, path of spiritual journey, they heard the gospel, they heard the good news, they heard they needed Christ, and they responded, and now they're, they're part of this missionary force trying to impact the world. And maybe you're here, and just like I was in sixth grade, and like so many of us are in this room, you're in a moment where you're going, I actually don't know where I stand with God. I don't think I am right with God. I'm aware of my sin and the yuck in my life, and I I'm exactly what you're talking about. I'm in self. I'm in religion. I've never made that you know, response to the invitation to follow Christ. You know what? You can do that here. You don't even have to waste your time. You don't even have to bow your head, close your eyes. There's no fancy prayer, if you will. Sometimes we need to guide the process to help you understand what, what, what we're asking you to believe and what the invitation of Christ is. But here right now, you can just make that decision to be in Christ. You can respond to Jesus' invitation to follow him. Uh, let, me put it, let me put these words on the screen. This is a, you know, it's not really a prayer, but you can say this to the Lord. You don't even have to bow your head, close your eyes. You can just say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm lost and broken and sinful, and I need you. I need to be right with you. I believe that you offer me forgiveness of my sins and relational restoration with you through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. And right now, I turn from trusting in anything else or anyone else to be made right with you and place my trust in Jesus Christ for forgiveness, salvation, eternity, and new life. In Jesus' name, amen. You can say that. You can pray that. You can take a picture of that with your phone and do it later. This is what we're talking about, to be made new in Christ, to be made right with God through belief and trust in who Jesus is and what he did. And if you're not in Christ, you can get straight with God, even in this moment. Whenever you do that, if you're here, if you're in our presence, all we're saying is share that with us because we want to help you grow. It's not something you say. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a belief. It's a transformation in your life. Take a response card and say, I'm choosing to follow Christ today and put that in the basket at the end and we'll get in touch with you and say, here's what it means to follow Jesus. Here's what it means to repent and turn and, and live to be in Christ. And one day you'll look back on this moment and you realize that this was, <laughs> this was an invitation to be a missionary. Because when we come to Christ, we often stop short. We think, oh, uh, when I come to Christ, I'm saved from my sins. I'm, I, I know I'm going to heaven now, and I have strength and purpose and power in this life. And it's like, yes, you're absolutely right. And? <laughs> and you've been sent out to let others know about who you have found and what you have found. When you're in Christ, you've been made right with God to help others be made right with God. The second part that we see here of, of being called as a daily missionary is not just a call to be in Christ but it's a call to care for others who are in Christ. One of the things that you sense and you hear and you see as you read through Romans 16 is there's love and there's care, like there's, there's genuine care just oozing from the words on these pages. You can tell that there's, there's a concern for those who share the common bond in Christ. Let's pick it back up with verse 17. Paul continues after all these greetings, right? And then he's saying this to the church in Rome. He's saying, I appeal to you, brothers. You don't appeal to anybody unless you care for them. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out 
for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So does Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen. I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you. Tertius was the secretary, the scribe that took down as Paul was dictating to him. And Gaius, who is host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Cortus greet you. More greetings, more connections. And as you look at all that section, you start to see, man, this missionary calling is not something I take on on my own, but it's in community. And, And not only is it in community, it's in a caring community. I have to care for the people that love Jesus like I love Jesus. And, and so you see Paul first, out of his care, he's warning them. You don't warn people you don't care about. You don't, you don't um, put out a caution unless you're trying to convince someone that you care about to avoid a particular danger. And, and what he's saying here is there are people who are going to come into your midst that are going to distort what has been taught to you. They're going to take the truth and they're going to try to twist it They're going to try to tweak it. They're going to say that what God has called good is actually bad. And what God has called bad is actually good. We have no idea what that's like today in this day and age. He's saying you need to watch out for them. I want you to be be, um, innocent of that evil. Hold to what's good, right? He's, he's, He's said this before. Why is he saying these things? Why is he saying, I want you to be wise of what's good and, and to, to be innocent? Because he cares for them. And nothing hurts like watching people you love get drug away by a false idea or a, a compromising situation that you just know is going to cause pain. And I'll just tell you right now, we, we know that the church is just invaded by, by people who are going to twist doctrine. They're going to put up obstacles. Well, you, actually, it's not just about following Jesus. You have to do all these things too. No, you don't. It's not what God says. You know, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart God and raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Period. And there's going to be people that are going to walk into your life and go, well, no, you actually need to do this, this, and this also. Wrong. That's not the gospel. There's going to be people that come in and they're going to, they're going to try to cause arguments and divisiveness. You know, some of you right now, you're probably putting out a lot of energy fighting with someone who really has no genuine interest in learning at all. I want you to think about the wisdom of that. I'm going to go online and I'm going to spend the accumulation of hours and hours and hours and hours debating with somebody who really all they want to do is fight. They have no interest in studying and learning and, and having a mutual, honest exchange about faith. They just want to pick a fight. You know what Paul would tell you? Avoid them. There's going to be people who come in, they're going to try to twist things. They're going to pull you in. And, and, and they don't have any interest in learning biblical truth. They just want to sway you to see it the way that, that they see it. You know what Paul would tell us to do in that moment? Avoid them. He's not saying debate them. He's not saying write big, ugly posts about them. You know, we're, we're definitely guardians of the gospel. We definitely live for a biblical worldview and for biblical doctrine. But we have to have the wisdom to go, this conversation I'm having as a daily missionary is with a person who's actually open and intrigued and interested right now. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not wanting just to fight. 
And so part of caring for one another is making sure we're putting our time in the right places and not getting drugged off and, and, and deceived and, and distracted by the gospel truth. And he encourages them. Out of care for them, he encourages them. All this, all this warfare that you're going through, all the, all the difficulty is living as a Christian in Rome at the time, and for us, a Christian of today, he goes, don't forget, the battle's been won. Everything you're doing right now are, are skirmishes until the finalization of the victory happens. But don't forget, soon, God will crush Satan underneath your feet. And the next time the devil shows up in your life with temptation, with just disaster in your life, you might say, you know what? You might have won this one. You, you might have took this. But I want to remind you of your future that you've already been crushed. You've already been crushed. You've already lost. And he's trying to take as many with him as he can until that day. But he's already lost the war. Now, all this language, all this comes out because as missionaries, as part of a larger group of missionaries, we live out that missionary calling to care for one another. This, this, this is that huddle. Remember, we've talked like this a lot. This is the huddle where we come and we get encouragement. And we're reminded of the mission, that it's not about our, the failure of our bodies or the, the difficult, difficulties of our lives and all these things. It's about, God, how can I complete your mission? How can I be faithful to the end? How can I serve you with every ounce of strength that I have and every gift you've given me? And we, we come together and we're encouraged. And so we care for one another so that we can go back out. This is a place of healing so we can get back out onto the field. This is a place of encouragement so we can get back out on the field. So we care for one another to encourage one another and to help get each other out. And thirdly, the most obvious is that a missionary is called to reach out to those who don't know Christ. You know, this is how the book of Romans opens. The, the power of the gospel to change. Remember Romans 1, 6? We heard it earlier. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes. Well, Paul closes the book of Romans with that same tone. Look, look, at, look at verse 25 with me. Listen to this doxology of, of, of pointing toward the gospel. It says, now to him who's able to strengthen you, according to my gospel, not my gospel as in Paul's gospel, but the gospel that Paul believes, the gospel of Christ, for according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but now has been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all the nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. It's for the obedience of faith for people to come. Two, the only wise God be, for, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul is closing, giving praise to God. He's reminding us that the best thing you have in your life is the gospel. The best you have to offer to anyone else out there is the gospel. He says right here, look again, it says, to him who's able to strengthen you. Some versions say um, to, to establish you. Some of you feel uh, a, a spiritual vertigo right now. You're just off. And you're, you're trusting in these other things out there to stabilize you. And, and Paul comes back and says, it's the gospel. It's the preaching of Jesus that establishes us. It's what puts our feet firm and what makes us stand in confidence that no matter what happens in this life, we're heaven bound and we're going to take as many with us as we can go. And, and that, that's the call that we got to be preaching Jesus. And we preach Jesus with, with loving acts. We preach Jesus by reaching out to people. And we preach Jesus, this might be crazy, to actually speak about Jesus. You actually have to speak Jesus, preach Jesus. 
You can't just do a good act and hope that a person will assume that, you know, good act A connects with the gospel B, therefore I understand what you're trying to do. We, we got to make sure that we're putting Christ behind all the efforts to reach people. And what used to be a mystery, as we see in this passage, what used to be a mystery has been revealed by God, that we can be made right with God through the death on the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And we've been made right with God once we place that faith to help others be made right with God. We are missionaries all the time, wherever we go. You know, the other day, yesterday, day before, yesterday, yesterday, I was at the gym yesterday. Days run together, don't they? And there's a guy there that, you know, I go to the gym. It's kind of like my mission field. I'm just always looking for opportunities to connect relationally. And there's a guy that I've been seeing for a while. And it's always weird in a gym because, like, you don't want a dude to think you're hitting on him, you know? So you got to be really cool about stuff. You got to be like, you know, you get the head nod at first when you see someone that you've been seeing on a regular basis. And then some point, maybe like, hey, man, I've been seeing you for a while. What's your name? You know, you know then, then it becomes like a fist bump, you know, when you see each other the next morning. And eventually you start these little conversations. And it was so cool. This guy came up. And I'm like, Lord, I know at some point in time you're going to want me to engage in a conversation when it feels appropriate. And uh, we were chatting it up a little bit. And he goes, you know, yeah, we're looking for this house. We're trying to buy a house. And I don't know, we found this one house, but... I don't know if you believe in supernatural stuff or not. And I'm going, <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> that I believe in supernatural things. <laughs> he goes, man, I think the house might have ghosts or something. Like, it's just kind of weird. It's kind of creeping me out. And I said, yeah, for one, I definitely believe in the supernatural. And because uh, I just don't play the pastor card. You know, I don't walk around with like, hey, I'm a pastor shirt. I kind of like to keep it, fly low a little bit because people freak out. And um I'm just a missionary cleverly disguised as a dude in the gym, you know? And, um, and so I said, yeah, in fact, I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe it's, it's demonic activity. And, and, and we started chatting for a little bit, and eventually he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really go to church, you know? I, I was raised in a church, but I haven't been for a long time. And I said, hey, man, I know a great church that is very life-giving. <laughs> man, it's, 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 it's fun to go to. It's fun to learn. You know, you should check it out. Here's a website, you know? And just, did, did, did I... Did I just in that moment say, you know, you're a sinner and you're lost and you got to hit your knees right now and you got to, no, just having a conversation, a missionary conversation. That's, that's what it means to live as a missionary. As one who's in Christ, as one who comes and cares for others who are in Christ, who gives and receives care so we can get back out there, and one who goes out to reach to those who don't know Christ. And we do it sometimes in these little connects. Sometimes it's a big conversation in one moment that God just, you know, maneuvers you to the right person in the right time in the right place. So many of you are sitting here as believers in Christ because God maneuvered people in your life, a mom, a dad, a friend, a coworker, a college roommate, a pastor, somebody or somebodies that God maneuvered into your life so that you would always be in the constant flow of hearing the truth of God's love for you and God's grace for you and God's forgiveness for you. Always watching out for you, hoping that we're going to be faithful people doing the same as we're out there. Don't forget, you're a missionary. Clever disguised as a patient in the hospital. You're, you're a missionary. Clever disguised as that customer at that business or the owner of that business or that supervisor or boss or that employee. And for, for, for the people you live next to as a neighbor, as a neighbor. And that's why we've been challenging you guys, be a life house. Like, 
you know, celebrate. Let's just talk about this for a second. Last week, and Pastor Joe Valenti shared about how we adopted this island in Indonesia, Pearl Island. And there's three million people, the solely people, who don't know the Lord on that island. And we've adopted this island, and we're going to start trying to get over there and have conversations about Jesus to try to help move the ball spiritually in that area. And, 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 and he laid out some opportunities for you guys to engage in that. I just want to celebrate and say thank you. 500 responses. Five responses. A hundred of you said we'd be willing to go and, and see what it's like to have a conversation. So there's a meeting today, you know, that if you're really serious about that, and there's a, there's a, there's a slip in your program that has a couple different info meetings going on uh, about finding out more about that. And there's a 400 of you said, hey, I'm not in a place to go right now, but I'd be willing to send people. And God's going to use that. And, and then also on the slip, there's all these other opportunities, you know, places to go, people to help. And, and a lot of those are regional and global, and we celebrate that. That's so amazing. But don't forget, we can't go there to do something that we're not even doing here. So, so you really need to check your heart a little bit to go, I'm ready to go on a plane on a very, 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 very long flight to Indonesia to share the gospel of Jesus, but I'm not going to walk to the house next door or across the street. Like, like that's just a contradiction. We got to do both. It's the both and. And so we're calling you to be a LifeHouse. Last week, we, we gave you guys that refreshed booklet on, on LifeHouses. And we said, man, here's what it means to be a LifeHouse, to literally adopt the eight immediate neighbors, know them, pray for them, care for them, share for them when the opportunity comes. And, and here's my specific challenge with, based on you being a missionary. You always be a missionary who's been made right with God to help others be made right with God. Here's my specific challenge for you as believers before you walk out of here. In the next four weeks, as an act of being a missionary in your neighborhood, I challenge you, I encourage you, I dare you to put together a gathering maybe in your home or one of your neighbor's home just to get your neighbors together. We've done this several times. I've seen fruit every time we've done it. I'm not just talking about literal fruit, people bringing over fruit. I'm talking about spiritual fruit, spiritual conversations and connects and opportunities with our neighbors that would have never happened. But I didn't have the courage to, to go across the street and say, hey, it's getting cold out there. We're going to have a little potluck with soup. Make your best soup. Come on over. We're going to get to hang out with the other neighbors and get to know each other better. That, that's it. So in a couple weeks, we're doing it. I challenge all of you the next four weeks as a LifeHouse, invite your most immediate neighbors over your home or to another place to, to have a meal just to get to know each other and see what conversations God brings to the surface as you try to be a LifeHouse. This is one of the ways you can be making an impact as a missionary, clearly disguised as fill-in-the-blank. Now, as you look over this list of names, remember, every name has a story. Every, every one of those names has a conversion story, what happened in their life, and how they came to the Lord. And they're beautiful stories. We don't have time to get into all of them. That's amazing. Look at one of those names, Eponidas. All it says about Eponidas is he was the first convert in Asia. You know what that means? How cool is this? Eponidas was a dude hanging out in Asia, never heard about Jesus, Paul went over there, told him about Jesus. Eponidas is the first person ever in all of Asia to respond to Jesus. That's all we know. Except that now he's chilling in Rome. What's he doing in Rome? Well, he's probably being a missionary, clever disguise, this guy from Asia in Rome. On and on and on. What's your story? Are you responding to the call? Are you responding to the call of God to be a missionary? Some of you, you've got to get in Christ first. But know that when you get called to be in Christ, it's for you but it's also that God wants to work through you as a missionary as well. 
Once you're in Christ, you have the hope of the world placed in your hands, placed in your heart, placed in your life. And God says, I've made you right with me so you can go help others be made right with me. So go. Let's not forget that. And there's more to the stories of these 33 plus names. There's more to Sophie's story. There's more to Paul's story. There's more to your story. And our hope for you today is that whether you're coming to Christ for the first time and responding to his invitation to follow him, whether you've been reminded to be in Christ, not in this other stuff, whether you've been reminded, reminded to care more for those others who are in Christ to give and receive, whether you've been reminded that every day I'm supposed to go out and be on standby, be on ready to, to go to those who don't know the Lord. I'm a missionary. How are you going to be a missionary this week? How are you going to be a missionary in the next four weeks? Having a meal, how hard is that? So I just want to encourage you in that. I want to challenge you in that. We're going to close in prayer here in a minute. We're going to receive our offering. But before we do, just, just a couple things about what's coming up. This is, this is not a conclusion. Remember, this is a catapult to what's next in our lives. Next weekend's huge. Next weekend, as we try to grow in our ability and our understanding to share the best news ever known to mankind, this unbelievable gospel equipping, man, invest half a day. It's free. Some of you, you've got people from, uh, that you work with or live next to that have a Jewish background, a Muslim background, uh, maybe a Catholic background, or they're, um, they're just secular and agnostic or atheistic. And you're like, how do I have conversations with these folks? You don't want to miss next weekend. It's going to help you. And then uh, Jonathan Dodson's going to stay over, and uh, he's going to be teaching on Sunday, helping us know as a congregation a little bit more about how to share this gospel with people who have a hard time believing it. It's just, you're not going to miss it. And then the following week, we're going to start a new series. It's a five-week series. It's called Love Jesus. A lot of the difficulties going on in our life, a lot of things we're struggling with, really the answer is either those things are happening to us because we need to learn how to love Jesus more, or maybe because we're in difficulty, it's the love of Jesus that will get us through them. And so we're just going to spend five weeks just just focusing on love in Christ, and then we'll be in our Christmas series after that. So that's the game plan. Hey, I'm just glad you guys are here. Glad you've been watching. Let's close in prayer, receive our offering, and then go out, live as a missionary. You've been made right with God to help others be made right with God. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, Master, Savior, best friend, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the good news you've given us. Thank you that we don't have to be lost without being found. Don't think, thank you that we don't have to be broken without being restored. God, thank you for all those here and online that are in Christ already. Lord, may they go help others discover what that means. Lord, for anyone here this morning that they're responding to your invitation to follow them, God, give them the courage, the boldness to do that and to share with us. And God, take these gifts we're about to receive. Multiply them. Now, these, these are missionary funds used so that those who don't know can know. So take it, multiply, use it for your kingdom. We love you. We worship you. We ask this in Jesus' name. We all said together.